I think I kind of grew up with this idea that、um, my mom really wants me to be in the United States, and、uh, and my mom is also someone I feel like I have to like tell the background story for her because she was also kind of. Um, rebellious for her generation that she、uh, went from a small town. It's kind of like when someone like from like Carbondale, like South Bend, Illinois, Illinois, like go to New York City and make a living, and that's what she did. Like when she was my age, she went to study international business and she went to Shenzhen,、uh, which is still one of the you know like、uh, most developed cities in China. And so she's always had like this. Progressive idea with her, and she really wanted me to receive education in the United States. And my grandma also had this like you know dying wish to come to the United States because she had an older brother. She has an older brother who、uh, lives here still. But yeah, I feel like it's kind of, like something that's kind of like in my family that we always kind of like that we want to come here, but. Right now, I just like process and I say, you know, it's just American dream narrative because we believe that we would have more opportunities, education is better, and since my family didn't really have the best、um, history with, you know, the CCP、um, because of the legacy of Cultural Revolution, so that yeah, we've always wanted to like come here to the land of freedom. And I guess that's a good segue going to when I first set foot in America, realizing that oh, it, the ground is not paved with gold, and people aren't really nice, like dancing and singing high school musical.、Um, those are like my impressions of America before I came here. And then after I came here,、um, living in Indiana, like feeling really, really strange, like no one looked at me. No one speaks like me. No one eats like me. It was really weird. It was, I guess, it's just a cultural shock. And the fact that nothing you did before you came to the United States really mattered if it's not crimes,、um, just discredited everything that my mom has done back then. Like even though she was, you know, almost like second to the CEO of her company,、uh, her education, her diploma didn't mean anything here. And She had to start from the bottom, work as a nail technician, and that was something that was really kind of hard for me to watch, and made me feel like there's like a lot of like pressure that、I、have to work really hard to give back the kind of life that my mom has sacrificed for me, and yeah, I think that's one of like the biggest challenges I still like to this day that I feel like I have to work.、Um, Harder than my mom had worked for me. I lived in Indiana for almost a year before I moved to Chicago, so I guess that also helped me to see how different、um, it could be, just like the lifestyle and the demographics, and how that could play a role in your、uh, in your lifestyle. Back in Indiana, I remember being one of the only three Asian kids at my school. And you know, like all these white kids would like come to me and ask me to write "peace, love, happiness" in Chinese for them, so they can you know like tattoo it on themselves. And at that time, it was really strange because at the, even though it felt like I was welcome, 
but then at the same time, it was the kind the same kind of excitement that I carry when I go to see like zoo animals. I、uh, realized later on that I was bullied in middle school, which I didn't know. I didn't even process at the time. It was just I guess I just took it as kids being kids. But now I realize, oh, I was actually bullied at my school because I didn't speak English. I didn't know what was going on during lunch. I didn't know it was not right for people to throw their、um, unfinished pizza on your plate. I feel like that's an experience that a lot of us kind of go through. Just like,、um, like as you grow up, you kind of look back and some memories, and you realize, oh, that's what that was, and you kind of start like processing. You know the feelings that you probably didn't get to process at the time, and I feel like right now I am in that stage where I'm like processing a lot of things that happened in the past that kind of made me who I am today. I do remember when we first came to the United States when we had to you know live under someone else's roof, and we really did have、um, sort of a long period of time where it. The only word that I can put to it was domestic abuse,、um, and that was at a time where you know, like economic abuse that was going on with my mom, where she didn't have any possessions and she didn't even have her own phone, and it was really hard at that time. And because my family back in China was also going through hardship with. It, uh, with money, and my mom was trying to, you know, like even send money back, but she didn't have anything. And I think that's something that I see now, like a lot of Chinese immigrants、uh, going through. They work really hard for like five, even six days a week, and they send all day savings back to their families in China, and they don't really have a lifestyle here besides work, and. Right, and thanks to my mom, who's like a really, really, really hardworking lady,、um, I was able to, you know, go through high school and college, and now、uh, even staying home, like not having to go out for a job, like during COVID.、Uh, but right now, my mom has recently quit from her job because her, the owner of the nail shop that she was working at, did not comply with the health guidelines, and. My mom really was not okay with that because we live with our grandma, and she just couldn't work for someone who doesn't take a global health crisis for serious.、Um, so right now we're both unemployed at home, and yeah, so right, and like we have to pay our rent here, and I couldn't get rid of my lease on campus, and we're still paying rent for that one.、Um, yeah, I feel like right now we're experiencing another what I would call it economic. Economic hardship. I have very particular memories where I feel like that's when we got us, we just got a taste of oh, this is what it means to be a minority in the United States, and this is actually pretty relevant because you have to do with the police.、Um, this happened why. Was in middle school, so I guess I was like, I think I was like thirteen or fourteen, and one day my mom and I were trying to park in front of our apartment, and I guess the background is that we lived in we lived in the same neighborhood in Bridgeport, and 
the demographic, you know, it's like mostly Hispanics, Chinese, and Black. Um, so yeah, we're just a really big, you know, neighborhood of people of color、uh, struggling here. And there was a police car parked in front of our apartment that kind of blocked our path. Um, so naturally, we stopped and we wanted to figure out what's going on, and then we realized it was two、uh, white female cops stopping one of our neighbors.、Um, they were searching him for something. So my mom was like, "Okay, well, if we just go around, can we just park and go inside?" But then the cops saw us and they stopped us and they said a bunch of things. So my mom was like, "Okay, maybe not right in front of our apartment." So she decided to park where she was, but in order for you to back into the spot, you have to move forward. That's just how cars work. But apparently, not to the cops, who were demanding us to just stop doing everything. I guess in the middle of the road, and as soon as my mom tried to like move her car out of the way, they stopped her again and started this whole lecturing about how my mom didn't understand the commands. And what she was doing was not acceptable because she was、uh, intervening on, you know, like the police doing their job, and that she was putting the police at risk by moving her car, you know, one inch forward. That could have killed them, even though they were so far away still. And that whole run,、um, what really just like left a mark in my brain to this day is when all of a sudden they stopped and looked at my mom and said. Who gave you a driver's license if you didn't speak English? And it it was just so bizarre that you know, like these two police officers were supposed to be, you know, protecting us and supposed to be well, even if you can't be friendly, at least be polite. And that attack was just so uncalled for. Like, what do you mean you can't get a driver's license? You could even take a test in a different language, and. I, my friend and I, my I, my friend from my middle school is actually in the car with me, and she's a Latina girl, and she spoke better English than I did at the time. So she tried to speak up、uh, to explain the situation, and the cops yelled at her and us both, and told us that we had no position to talk as minors, and they proceed to give my mom a ticket, and. But it didn't just end there, because five minutes later,、um, a pickup truck drove by, and it was actually our friend, who was the owner of the hardware shop. And it turned out he used to be a cop, and he used to be those two female police supervisor. So they just had a chat for like three minutes, where the cop was like, where our friend, our former cop friend, was like, "Oh, what's wrong? I know Lucy. She's a good lady." And it was just simple as that. The two female cops turned around to us and they were like, "Oh, that was just a total mistake.、Um, don't worry about this ticket. You don't even have to show up to court.、Um, you know, like nothing. It's no big deal." And they started comforting my mom, who was in a panic at the time because that was the first ticket she's ever gotten in a foreign land. So yeah,、um, yeah. When she never went to court.、Um, I guess we were lucky we didn't have to show up, but I just never could forget that moment. Yeah, when someone told my mom that she couldn't drive because she didn't speak fluent English.
That was my friend Shiwei on Immigrant Tales, a sub-series of Model Minority, Uniquely American. Shiwei studied psychology and education at the University of Illinois, and you might remember her story from Episode 7, In Sickness and in Wealth. She hopes to go into the field of community psychology in order to help people of color and people with generational trauma. Since I sat down with Shiwei for this conversation, her and her mom have both found new positions at the Chinese American Service League, and they're working as co-workers in a new job helping the Chinese community in Chicago. Her story reminds us that the sacrifice that our parents make to give us a home in the U.S. matters, and how, in her own words, we eventually learn that the ground in America isn't actually paved with gold. But... Despite it all, we can find a community of people who have empathy for our struggle, just as we have empathy for theirs. I want to take a moment to honor the lives of the AAPI women who were killed in the recent Atlanta shooting, and also recognize the growing number of hate crimes happening against the Asian community. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you know this stuff isn't new. But now is the time for us to stand against AAPI hate, and if you're not doing so already, it's the time to check people on their racism and to stand with our fellow people of color for a better world. Please go check out the Model Minority Uniquely American Facebook and Instagram page for a special post that I've made that you can share to your own page about why Asian racism often goes undernoticed. Also, take a moment to acknowledge the AAPI people who are speaking out. Share their work, amplify their voices and their stories, and stand in solidarity with one another. As always, shukriya. Thank you so much for listening and for being here, especially now. I know that there's been a lull in content, and in recent weeks, it's been very stressful. But I've been working really hard on an episode about the people who are documenting Asian, African, and Middle Eastern stories in the United States. So keep your eyes peeled for that one coming out in the near future. The only other thing I ask is to please share this podcast on your social media and through word of mouth and help me amplify these Asian stories far and wide. Once again, thank you so much everyone for listening. I'm Nidhi Shastri, and this is Immigrant Tales on Model Minority, Uniquely American.